Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our podcast studio, Chaplain Major Carrie Mashoff. Carrie has served as the Director of Resource and Information Management for the U.S. Army Chaplain Center and School at Fort Jackson here in Columbia, South Carolina since 2016. She entered the Army in 2004, and her first assignment as a battalion chaplain was at Fort Hood, Texas. She has served in Iraq, Kuwait, Fort Huachuca, and I I think I said that right, (laughs) Fort Huachuca in Arizona, and at Fort Gordon in Georgia. She has a BA in economics and five, yes, that's not a typo, five master's degrees, and has received multiple medals for her service. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So just a little bit of background. You received a Quilt of Valor, and uh, that's a program that we're hosting here at the State Library, and uh, we're doing that through January. So if you're in downtown Columbia, you can come by and see some of the quilts that are on display. And in South Carolina, um, actually no, nationally, over 200,000 quilts have been presented Uh, And according to their website, they're awarded to United States military service members and veterans who have been touched by war. So um, what was it like to be a recipient of a quilt of valor? Well, I was very touched to be asked to to receive a quilt. And it was more special because uh, as a chaplain, we begin our service as chaplains here at Fort Jackson here in Columbia, South Carolina. And so that connection to South Carolina where you get your start as a military chaplain uh, was very meaningful. And it just reminded me that people remember. People remember that uh, men and women are, are going to war and that war does touch us. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just a symbol of love and care that South Carolina has shown to its veterans. You know? and, and I hate that I missed the award ceremony because I think it was our second award ceremony here at the State Library that you were a part of. And tell us a little bit about the ceremony itself, what, what takes place. Well, the, part of it is a wrapping ceremony. and. Uh, one of the people that put the quilt on me was actually a platoon sergeant that helped train me as oh, a chaplain wow, uh, back in 2005. And so it was very special to have her here to be part of that wrapping ceremony. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the quilt itself became a, a, a star. It was featured the week before in the television uh, news story. Oh, okay. And it was the background. And now I can look at that when I click on that link and and play the clip. That's my quilt. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. We were lucky to have our local WIS-TV come and and do a story on it. So, um, yeah, it's really, really a neat program. And uh, like I mentioned, over 200,000 quilts have been presented nationwide. And I know South Carolina has a very active group. um, So it's a great program. Um, But I have to go back to uh, the bio. um, And by the way, we will have a link on our podcast website to um, to Carrie's bio, uh, but you have five master's degrees. Why why are why do you have five master's degrees, and what are they all in? Well, uh, they all relate to my work in ministry. Uh, my I got my start in ministry writing a Sunday school curriculum for children, youth, and adults. Well, mm-hmm. that's the first one. It was a master of education, mm-hmm. and then a master uh, of theological studies from okay. seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next ones were uh, also somewhat related to what I do. Uh, surprisingly, now that we're in the library, my one 
the one master's degree was a master of library and information science really How? from the university of south carolina oh, right so right cool. behind here and uh, i then served as a theological librarian on automating a theological collection um, but I worked my way through seminary as mm -hmm. a bookmobile librarian working oh, wow. in a public library so libraries have always been a part of what I do so. yeah that was going to be one of my other questions is because this is library voices SC I was going to ask you know how are important are libraries to you and are you a library user but that's kind of moot I mean you <laughs> <laughs> you're essentially a librarian <laughs> well there um, there were some really wonderful opportunities when I was um, in Iraq uh, and Kuwait because of the military library systems mm. that would provide um, books and materials mm -hmm. for our deploying soldiers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was always a lot of fun to be able to uh, um, receive those. As a chaplain, we're, we're there to um, care for our soldiers, providing for their spiritual needs, mm -hmm. uh, but also their whole whole needs. And mm -hmm. so some of those things are, are helping get books in their hands or mm -hmm. get materials that they are interested in, both for research and for recreation. And they had some wonderful programs, uh, paperback book programs, um, uh, MP3 player at mm -hmm. the time, mm -hmm. and books on uh, CD that we were able to get to soldiers on the front line mm. and uh, give them something. In fact, uh, I remember uh, back in Iraq, maybe in 2007, 2008, I was with a unit there for 15 months. It was a very long deployment. Mm. Um, it was my second deployment to Iraq. How long are usually employments, uh, deployments for? At that time, they were 12 to 15 months. I okay. think they're now more around nine months. They've shortened okay. them, but you go more often. Uh -huh. um, but in this program, uh, I would get the box of books in that would come into the, uh, the mail system, and I wouldn't even have a chance to put them up and display. I just kind of take a paper, you know, a cutter, and you know, <laughs> open the box and just open them up, and then you know, from my battalion commander on down, they would come in and they'd rummage and they'd find something and oh, that's you know, great. take it back to to their hooch or wherever they mm -hmm. um, had a chance to to relax. Um, so those were those were good memories. That and is neat, and, and that kind of brings the question into my head: How closely, um, or actually, when when you're um, deployed, is there an actual little library that is set up at um, at camps or locations? Um, as a chaplain, I often created one really? uh, for within the small areas that I was in. Now, if you were at a larger forward operating base, mm -hmm. um, such as when I was um, in Iraq in uh, Baghdad area, it was a large enough facility that they had an educational center, okay. and they did actually have librarians that deployed through the army really? to those areas to to provide those uh, access to those information sometimes mm -hmm. it was academic because mm -hmm. soldiers were able to take classes online oh, and they okay. would have testing centers and then would need to be able to do some some level of research okay. when they were there but in many cases you were kind of a little trailer or a tent mm -hmm. and you kind of turn those boxes that you got on their side and, uh -huh. and that became <laughs> your your library that was the display area <laughs> and you know give come and you know take a book pre return a book and uh -huh. keep keep sharing them so that you could um, stretch out the resources you had yeah um, and then you had uh, these special programs through the military library system but you also had just wonderful c citizens from that would um, 
put in care packages, mm, uh, mm-hmm. things for soldiers. Mm-hmm. Would you ever care. have like maybe soldiers who had received books bring them to you or, um, or like if, if their family sent them books, would they like try to recycle them through through a little library or something? Yes, they would. And you would often, in the MWRs, you might have a collection of books that, that had been well used but well loved. And uh, even today, when I go through the USO or I go through an MWR, um, and for our listeners, what's M- MWR? Morale, welfare, and recreation. It's okay. a program uh, uh, for for military members, and uh, there would be books and materials there. Uh, now we're such an online. Uh, oh yeah. And so you know now it's eBooks mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, all sorts of different electronic resources, and we have more access. Even mm-hmm. even when you're in a combat zone, you've got a lot of access to electronic mm-hmm. um, materials. So that's part of it too. But you know there there there's something about a a. a paperback that you can curl up with too right exactly (laughs) and hold i'm showing my age now (laughs) (laughs) and and flip the pages you know um so uh, one of the other things that i wanted to ask so kind of backing up is why did you first get interested in joining the military at all i got interested in joining the military after 9 11 when it Mm. became clear we were sending men and women into combat and my call as a chaplain was to go with them and that started a uh, very fast-paced life very quickly after I made that decision. Um, and, you know, I deployed very soon after coming into the chaplaincy. And, uh, but, but I was, you know, that was exciting for me because uh, right now we, we, in the chaplain corps, we talk about living our call fiercely. And boy, mm. when you, <laughs> you get thrown in very quickly uh, into the chaplaincy, into the army, and into a deployment, mm-hmm. um, you do live your call, call fiercely. Mm-hmm. And it's that opportunity to bring hope to soldiers in difficult situations mm-hmm. and, and comfort their families uh, at times of loss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was all in a response to our, our nation being in a time of crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I hadn't really planned on the military. Uh, it had never even come to my attention until you have that awareness and that need. Mm-hmm. And um, it certainly sent a, sent a journey that has now been for me 14 years. Wow. And uh, with multiple deployments, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but also time here in the States to uh, um, be be with my family mm-hmm. and um, you know my next assignment will take me overseas again but mm-hmm. you know that that's what we do we, oh, yeah. we, and we come and go um, I never did talk about my last two ma- ma- um, master's degrees they're actually related to, to what I'm doing right now for the Chaplain Center and School okay. um, I, I completed a Master of a Business Administration and Public oh. Administration oh, wow. a double master's up at Syracuse University in preparation to do what I'm doing as the comptroller for the United States Army Chaplain Center and School wow. so those are how these master's degrees happened. Uh-huh, they're, uh-huh. they're kind of as ministry happened and the need for what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. The response was to have the full education and training so that I could be the most effective and efficient in what I was doing. And libraries pay, play a big role in uh, when you're a student. So They do. <laughs> uh, they you have do. to use all the databases and do all your research. And 
But I enjoy that I've had experience with both, you know, public libraries, academic mm-hmm. libraries, uh, special libraries, theological libraries fall mm-hmm. into that category. Uh, and certainly the military libraries are a, a special kind of special library. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, you know, it certainly continues to be a part um, of my life. And I find comfort in coming into a library. Mm-hmm, it's like kind mm-hmm. of kind of like coming home. <laughs> Definitely, I think a lot of people are like that. Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit about um, what made you decide to become a chaplain, and and what's actually all involved in being a chaplain. Um, when I decided to become a chaplain, I was already an ordained minister, and okay. so uh, you know that's part of it. Is a three three year theological education. Um, followed by um, a couple years pastoral experience or whatever faith tradition that you come from. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the kind of the first step. So for a young soldier wanting to become a chaplain, it's like, okay, do you have an undergraduate degree? Okay, mm-hmm. have you, you know, what's your plans to go on to theological education? Mm-hmm. And then you got to get some experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it can be a long journey, but if it's, a, if it's you know, you focus on calling. If it's your calling, you just take it a day at a time. You take it a step at a time. A part of being a chaplain is having an endorsing body, and so um, I, I carry a officer as a commi- officer. I carry commission, mm-hmm. and I carry an endorsement, and I need both to serve in the army. Okay. And my my church endorsement is Baptist General Convention of Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, they serve to not only be my endorser, but they're also my support and my mm-hmm. encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the churches associated with them are certainly part of the many, many care boxes that, I, that, that sure. they sent me to be able to distribute to, to soldiers in need. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't, it, it, sometimes things cross faith lines. You know, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, sometimes you just know that as chaplain, we take care of all of our soldiers, mm-hmm. to, um, um, faith groups and non-faith groups, mm-hmm. just, just because that's part of our charge mm-hmm. is to provide free exercise. Uh, of, of religion to all of our soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's our challenge. And uh, sometimes it's it's stateside, and and sometimes it's overseas, and sometimes it's in a combat zone. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was going to ask is, what's the difference in being a chaplain chaplain versus a minister? Because I'm, I'm sure there are you know big differences. Um, chaplain is to an institution, so because okay. I'm functioning within an institution. Okay. Um, I perform the roles of a minister within mm-hmm. that institution under, uh, you know, under the guidelines of, of what we do in the military. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the biggest distinction is I'm not representing, when I'm taking care of my soldiers, I'm not taking care of just one specific faith group. Okay. Um, I, I'm taking care of a unit of soldiers, mm-hmm. and then for some that where they share the same faith as I do, I can perform as a minister. But mm-hmm. but when they're not of my faith mm-hmm. tradition, I provide. Mm-hmm. I, I make sure that we they have access to their the religious leaders of that faith group, mm-hmm. or to um, sometimes the sacred materials of that faith mm-hmm. group. So do you? So you would have to be versed in a lot of different kinds of religious texts and, and information? 
Yes, and we have um, a number of resources that help us. Uh, but sometimes you just have to turn to, to the soldier of that mm -hmm. faith group and ask them, how can your faith support you in this, and what can I do as your chaplain mm -hmm. um, to mm -hmm. provide? So kind of like a facilitator. So I'm a facilitator. Okay. And uh, sometimes we do um, give advice to our commands on, on certain operations, uh, and that can be very detailed information, and there mm -hmm. are access, you know, um, there's libraries full of information mm -hmm. that you access and, and, and uh, other kinds of materials to, to gain information on other faith groups and how it may impact their actions mm -hmm. and what they are doing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it is, it can get, um, you know, pretty in, information intensive. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, your deployments and um, maybe if you could talk about what it was like being a chaplain and serving in Iraq and Kuwait and maybe any particular stories that, that come to mind that you're able to share? I think the things that I, I remember most from being there is the, the sense of being there when they needed you most. Mm -hmm. And that was the sense of walking with them, you know, mm -hmm. through the, the most difficult times and for, through the good times. Mm -hmm. uh, you grow very close to each other. Um, I, you know, when we, when you had a loss in the unit, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they turned to the chaplain and uh, to give a message of, you know, they're looking for hope mm -hmm. for, for mm -hmm. a future and you want to keep them focused on, you know, the, the, the returning home, uh, the, you know, being with family, mm -hmm. uh, the, the other things, the things, the strength that they can draw from their spiritual walk mm -hmm. and their spiritual faith. So the, the things that I remember most are, are kind of the emotions of being there with them. Mm. And that did carry over into times when um, I would be back in the States and I would be walking the halls of a hospital and I would hear, Chaplain, I know you. Uh. And when you realize that you shared a convoy somewhere in the dark of night mm -hmm. and uh, they were there in that case, um, they were the only survivor in an attack and mm -hmm. um, but they remembered that I was on a convoy with them not that convoy that night mm -hmm. that was attacked mm -hmm. um, but I was there with them and there is a connection mm -hmm. and so it's that connection sometimes that continues uh, for me now the sometimes these the deployments now are a few years behind me but not the emotions mm -hmm. and, and not the memories mm -hmm. and when I connect with other people that we we intersected Mm -hmm. um, downrange and we shared some stories uh, or shared some experiences both both the the good ones and the difficult ones mm -hmm. um, um, I think those will are the things that uh, you know as they talk about those who have been touched by war when mm -hmm. we talk about mm -hmm. the quilt of valor mm -hmm. um, that's a connection and I find that that connection extends beyond the particular war that you fought in. Mm -hmm. As I uh, have gotten to know some of the other war veterans, uh, we, you know, when we, we were talking a lot about, you know, uh, World War One recently as we just celebrated the 100th and now we're looking at the 75th mm -hmm. anniversary of World War II, uh, those are some of the veterans when you talk about their experiences. They're different. It was a different war, mm -hmm. um, but some of the emotions and some of the experiences are are the same. Mm -hmm. And you can connect just by telling of telling stories mm -hmm. and telling of your experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are some of the things I remember most. And I remember um, 
one day, because we just uh, just passed Veterans Day, I was standing in rack in formation because I was getting ready to be redeployed, to be mm. sent home. And that young company commander stood in front of us and just told us on that day, he says, from, from this day forward, um, you will always be a war veteran. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even thought about that. But, you mm-hmm. know, I'd spent a year in Iraq, and uh, the idea that I would be going home as a war veteran mm-hmm. never occurred to me. And uh, that, that young company commander now is a battalion commander mm-hmm. here at Fort Jackson. Okay. I ran into him, uh, <laughs> and he was like, I know you, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> chaplain. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, those are some of the special memories that I have, um, just being with the soldiers mm-hmm. at, at the at, uh, uh, through the holidays and and through all the situations that we would experience together. Mm-hmm. I know a lot we've heard in, in the news about um, post-traumatic stress disorder and, and you know, we, we keep hearing about um, PTSD and what's, I, I, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, address it because each instance is unique, you know, each individual is unique in how they respond to um, what they've seen. But did you have to have any kind of training in working with um, maybe soldiers who suffered from PTSD or or anything that, that relates to being a chaplain? I did have some, you know, some training in that coming from both my uh, training as a pastoral counselor mm-hmm. um, as a, from a chaplain perspective. Um, but we also have a number of mental health uh, practitioners that are with uh, us okay. in deployments mm-hmm. that can address it. But as a chaplain, I would I would address it from the spiritual aspect, mm-hmm. and in terms of where is their faith or how is it affecting their their faith walk and their experience, and maybe how can they can draw strength from their faith to face some of these things that they are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, PTSD is real, mm-hmm. and it does affect people differently. Two people can share the same experience mm-hmm. and go through the same situation and just have a completely different reaction to it, and it's cumulative. Sure. So some of those things, it's not necessarily the first time they were exposed to something, but multiple, and then something, it, it, it just, uh, it's a spiritual wound mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that um, can certainly be debilitating um, for many. Uh, and so you, you want to be always be able to listen to their experience mm-hmm. and to be sensitive to the things that can trigger um, things, loud noises. Uh, I, I even coming out of um, my deployments, um, my reactions are, are a little bit short fused too. Really? You know, you, you realize that those loud noises, oh, and mm-hmm. I, I, as I've talked to veterans who are from previous wars, mm-hmm. I mean, those things never completely go away. Sure. Um, and it, it's something that you share with your soldiers. You know, we've all been touched by war. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we all have some different experiences that we have. I, f- I find that uh, being patient and listening. Um, it goes a long way mm-hmm. and uh, understanding their experience and not judging it mm-hmm. not uh, making it uh, uh, um, you know something that is part of them but it doesn't completely define who they are mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where I hope to allow them to continue to, to thrive and to flourish 
and that life goes on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and life is good and mm-hmm. it's something to look forward to mm-hmm. as we're talking i imagine one thing that when uh you have a soldier come to you i i i would always imagine that the first thing out of their mouth is why you know the question why and um that just opens up a lot of things that you have to be able to discuss mm-hmm. um so uh do you have you heard why an awful lot in your career? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a few time or two. <laughs> but those are good questions. Mm-hmm. It's all right to question. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes soldiers need to question their faith. They mm-hmm. need to question. And questions are all about of about development mm-hmm. and answer, seeking questions and seeking answers. And sometimes you just have to sit with them because there's not easy answers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why was my buddy killed and I wasn't? Right. God has a plan for you. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's very. I mean, it's you know, it's giving counsel and and being someone who can you know listen and um, it's really really. An important uh, function that you play. Thank you. One last question before we we kind of wrap up is that you're at uh, Fort Jackson now here in Columbia, South Carolina, and I know they have a library there. So do you do anything with the library at Fort Jackson? They do have uh, events that they sponsor Mm -hmm. and a lot of families use the library and Mm -hmm. um, I've gone in and looked around Uh uh, and uh, checked some of their resources out because I couldn't help it, you know, being a librarian. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's great. Well, um, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. And also thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.